One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Welcome, men. In today's episode of Like a Man, we're going to talk about men of real influence. I interview my dad, Jim Nielsen, who discusses lessons he learned from his dad. And then he gives advice to any young fathers out there raising boys. From breaking Mustangs to landing on the moon, we had a great discussion. Now let's listen in. You were born in the 50s. You've, you've lived through a lot of good leaders, a lot of good men some of the best presidents we've seen, some of the best business leaders. What men have influenced you the most in your life? And share some stories of how they influenced you. Well, I think uh, during my lifetime, uh, growing up here in the small town of Moroni, Utah, I think uh, in my early years, you know, most of the influence I had over me then were, were women, like my mother. And my Sunday school teachers, primary teachers, and even my school teachers from kindergarten through third grade were all women who influenced me then, which is good. And I had a couple of good older sisters that that taught me a lot. And uh, but I think probably the man that influenced me the most, especially during those early years, was was my dad. I remember. My dad was uh, really a, a tough guy, a strong guy. He was a builder. Uh, he was a farmer. He had a lot of uh, experiences during his lifetime. When he was young, during the Depression years, the family moved from Moroni out to Preston, Nevada to run a farm out there, a dairy farm, and they milked cows by hand. And he was able to uh, catch and train his own Mustang at a young age. So Nevada has a lot of Mustangs, and he caught it on his own. Actually, what happened was a group of boys there in his town that he was raised in, Preston, Nevada, brought in a group of Mustangs into a round corral there. And he was able to pick out the one that he wanted. And then he brought it home, and he... Took that horse and was he was quite a horseman. And he was training that horse by himself, him and his dad. His dad was a, a horseman also. When they were trying to saddle the horse and to bridle it, the horse actually kicked through the pole fence and kicked my grandpa in the stomach. And my grandpa went inside the house to get a gun to shoot the Mustang. He was so mad and he'd had enough. While he was gone in the house and loading the rifle, my dad managed to get the saddle on and to get the bridle on the horse and was leading it around in the corral. Hmm. So they didn't shoot the horse. And uh, that was his companion from then on during the time that they lived out there in Nevada. Uh, He said it could run forever being a mustang and never tire out and him and his friends used to uh, ride mustangs out there in preston nevada so he had a lot of good self-reliant skills growing up during the depression and growing up on a farm 
he could do everything from dressing and butchering animals and which he became very good at milking cows breaking horses all those things and he was a good shot he was a good hunter as far as my relationship with my father he was a disciplinarian yet i never remember ever him laying a hand on me i probably got chewed out a few times and some talking to's but i never i never remember him ever laying a hand on me not even for a, a spanking i can remember one time there used to be a show on tv called jungle jim and okay. he was my hero it was johnny weissmuller who was also tarzan before that in the old movies during the 30s okay and he was my hero my older brother called me jungle jim of course my name was jim and for my fifth birthday i can remember i got a jungle gym outfit is what i called it but it was a safari hat like jungle gym had and plastic rifle with a scope on it and a belt with a flashlight and a canteen and a plastic handgun on it mm -hmm. and we lived just outside of town and right by the sand pitch river and i had a spot over there by the kind of by the sand pitch river where i had me a little camp and that's where i spent a lot of my time pretending in the jungle there in the bushes along the river to be jungle gym and one time i i took some matches and was headed over to my camping spot and my mother caught me with some matches here i was i was five years old and she told me she she got after me and she says you shouldn't play with matches and she says i'm gonna tell your dad when he gets home so when my dad got home and we did our chores out to the farm and everything. He took me over to my camping spot and we gathered up some rocks and he showed me how to make a fire ring to protect the fire from spreading out. And then he proceeded to show me how to uh, light a campfire. And we lit the campfire and we just stayed there and talked until it got dark. And I can remember the moon came up and I was sitting there on my dad's knee. And he told me, you know, maybe someday you'll go to the moon. <laughs> of course, I never did, but, you know, he taught me during that time that uh, I think he, he showed me how to build a fire safely. Oh, and then when we got done with the fire, of course, I took my jungle gym canteen and he showed me how to empty it out on the fire and extinguish the fire properly. And, uh, but I think what he did is he, he taught me not only how to take care of a fire, to build a fire safely and how to use matches safely, but I think he showed me that he loved me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a friend that told me a story. He told us a story that, uh, when he was young, growing up in Ephraim, Utah, uh, he got caught playing with matches. And his mother taught him not to play with any matches anymore by burning his fingers. No way. And he said, from then on, he never played with matches. I remember thinking to myself, I would prefer the way my dad taught me. Instead of I'm burning he, my fingers. Instead wow. of burning my fingers, I'm glad he, <laughs> he uh, showed me those things and and even the part about the moon, you know, he, when he talked about maybe someday you'll go to the moon and mm -hmm. maybe he was just trying to teach me that 
you know, there was potential there to, that not only we would go to the moon, but even I could have the opportunity if I, if I worked that way, if I wanted, I could go to the moon, you know, during my life, I've, I've tried to remember those things that my dad taught me and, and realized that I did have potential to do those things. My dad used to uh, teach his sons uh, the building trade, which has carried on with me and, and my brothers and, uh, and my sons. I think you even have a little bit of building skills. Just a little. Just a little. And not, he, as, not as good as my brother. But he also uh, taught some self-reliant skills to us as well. Growing up uh, like in Preston, Nevada during the Depression, and he taught us a lot of, of good self-reliant skills. Uh, he was an avid hunter, but he was, a, he was a meat hunter to provide for his eight kids and his family. Mm-hmm. And he taught us how to field dress a deer and how to take care of uh, animals that we needed to dress and, and butcher for, for meat. He taught us that. A lot of other self-reliant skills that we needed. I've hoped that I was able to pass them on to to my sons as well. So, Dad, tell me the story of your first day at work with your dad. Uh, he was building some homes down in Ephraim, Utah, him and his, his partner. And I'd always gone and helped my dad through the years, whether it was building on the farm or even getting up on a roof and and uh, roofing or whatever through the years. But this, my first official day of strapping on a, a tool belt and going to work for wages with my dad building houses. And I remember the first day I was there at work, he said to me, he said, now, Jim, this work is 90% common sense and 10% know-how. And he says, you don't have to stand around and be told what to do. He says, you can figure out what you can be doing. And he says, don't ever let me catch you just standing around and asking, what should I do? Because he says, use your common sense and get busy and know what to do. And I always remembered that, not only in carpentry skills, but in other things too. That 90% of life really is common sense, 10% knowledge. And that's something I never forgot when my dad told me that day. So, Dad, I, I wasn't ignoring you on hoping you pass that on to your kids. Something something that I've always admired is now that I am raising my, so I have eight kids, my five boys, and and same with my daughters is, trying is looking back and realizing what you did for me and my brother to teach us how to work. And so for everybody out there listening to this first episode, dad, these young fathers that are raising their boys up and, and just the last minute that we have here, what advice would you give them on how to raise men and, and, and how to go about that? Teach them not only being a good example of, of honesty, and integrity. Uh, don't swear around them. I don't ever remember my dad swearing. I don't remember that. And I hope I didn't swear too much around you boys. 
uh, cussing nope. sheep and turkeys. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. Don't use cuss words and be a good example of honesty, but also be an example of hard work. Um, one thing I know that boys aren't getting these days, and I've hired a few in the construction business and on the farms, if they come from a home where they've learned how to work, even if it's just menial chores around the house, like washing dishes, doing their bed, cleaning their rooms, doing yard work, taking care of a rabbit hutch of rabbits or a, a dog or whatever, give them some responsibility and make sure that they, they understand that they're responsible and that they need to work hard, yet they can still be involved in other things. I think it's good for boys to be involved in sports. Um, as busy as we were and as many responsibilities as we had at home, uh, we were still able to go and participate in some sports. And you can't let that be out of hand either. They got a, I've had boys that have done well in sports, but yet when they come and work on a turkey farm or in construction, they're worthless. <laughs> so they need to be rounded and well-rounded and learn to do both. If that makes any sense. It does. And, and so many parents are just hoping that that boy will become the next big quarterback and it's not always going to happen. Right. You gotta, you gotta round it's them out. Yeah, they've so. got to be they got to be a well-rounded life because some days that's going to be over with and they're going to have to be raising families, be fathers and teaching their sons and working for somebody and be productive and they need to learn how to do those things. They can learn some good skills and some good things and it's good exercise and good for their bodies to do sports but they've got to learn to do some other things as well. You couldn't have said it more perfectly, dad. We're going to end it here. Thanks for joining us today. And um, we'll have you again soon. Okay. I really enjoyed recording this one. It was fun to get to talk to my dad. And I heard a few stories I never heard before. A thought that I had while listening to this and while recording this was, and the reason I named it Men of Real Influence was, could you imagine if every dad knew the influence that they had and if every dad was united in their cause to raise other good men and how much better this world would be if that was the case? That's what I thought. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming in. Please subscribe, spread the word. And we're going to end this one by hearing the Bert of an A-10 Warthog. <laughs>